Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the last episode, episode 17 of season three of Can You Put Me On Guest List. I cannot believe I have recorded 17 episodes this season. I have honestly loved every single one of my chats and... I'm so grateful to everyone that's listened or watched the show. So thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate it and hope that you have enjoyed them too. Also, a big thank you to all of this season's guests, Detlef, Eats Everything, Paul Nolan, Dave Blackgrove, Cami Tadeon, Hector from Vatos Logos, Laura Williams, Farah Syed, Lily Palmer, Mark Lawrence, Hannah Wants, Shalina Manohutu, Moodinex, Jay Forster, Dubfire, Rosanne Jamart, and my last guest, Michelle, who I'll be introducing you to now. If you've missed any of these last episodes and fancy having a listen to them, then you just need to scroll down and you'll find all of the episodes there. And if you want to watch them, then you can do so on Mixtank.tv, who I also want to say a big, big thank you to for hosting the videos on their platform. And also to Mambo Radio, who have aired my podcast every Wednesday night. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. So I can't think of a better way to finish the podcast than one of my best friends in the entire world, Michelle. Michelle, as many of you will know, is a dancer and has danced for some of the biggest parties and DJs in the world, such as Carl Cox, Richie Horton, Manumission, Ultra Festival, and her talent has taken her all over the globe, not just to dance herself, but also to manage other dancers. So with a few drinks, we had a virtual chat, which I wish could have been in person but anyway that will come soon all about the world of dancing how she got to where she is today stories she's made along the way costumes and dancing in high shoes Ibiza managing other dancers the hardest part of being a dancer working really busy schedules and much more Please excuse my dog Disco towards the end, who is trying to join in on the fun. I'm so excited to share this chat with you. I absolutely love Michelle to bits. She is one of life's gems and is just a beautiful person inside and out. Thank you again for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you'll find out as soon as season four starts, which will be very soon. I'm Katie Knight and this is Can You Put Me On Guest List. Enjoy. Hello, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> this Hi. is a weird. This is Isn't really weird. <laughs> At least we're better prepared than the last time. We are much better prepared. So I interviewed Michelle. What was it? it must have been 2013, 2014. When we weren't friends, we didn't know each other. It was backstage at Amnesia, and it's the most awkward interview ever. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Amnesia TV. I'm here with Michelle, one of our Musicon dancers. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You ready for tonight? Yes, ready as ever. So just tell us, how did you start out with, with Musicon or on, on dancing? Uh, well, with Musicon, um, I think one of the managers seen me dancing at another party and approached me and asked me to come along. It was like halfway through the season, but it's been really good so far, so yeah. Neither of us. Well, maybe you're prouder of it than I am, but like, I'm certainly. No, not it's it's uh yeah. We I was definitely not prepared. I can't even remember what I asked you, but it was some really stupid question. But anyway, 
She became my friend eventually, so. It had a good ending. It had a really good ending. That's the most important thing. It had a good ending. But I'm really excited to to have you on the podcast. I know we've been speaking about this for a really long time. And do you know what? In fact, I said to my mum the other day that I was going to interview you. And she was like, that would probably be one of my favourite episodes on your podcast oh, because I would love to know about what what Michelle's journey has been like and how. Oh, bless her! I love your mum. <laughs> You're so similar to you and your mum, by the way. I know that's. You reckon? God, yeah. I was looking at pictures of you because wasn't there a birthday the other day? It was her birthday on the 18th of March. Yeah. Yeah, and the pictures of the two of you are so similar. So a few people said that. That first picture I put of, up of her, I think when she must have been in like her early 30s or something. And a few, yeah, few you're people so, so me. And most people used to say that I look like my dad, but I think as I get older, I look more like my mum. But yeah. even sometimes when I look at myself in the mirror, I think, oh, I do look like my mum a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed myself dancing like my mum lately with the all. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless her talking of dancing let's talk about how you started your career in dancing what how did it all begin for you I think I know the answer but also I'm not too sure if I do so uh I mean as in my career how it started like um well I went I went on holidays with my best friend to Ibiza like in 2004, I think, 2003. Um, and we went for two weeks of obviously absolute madness. And we both we both agreed that we were going to come back next summer to work, like no matter, we we're going to make it happen. So we came back the following year. We just booked like a package holiday, two-week package holiday with a hotel and a return flight. And not a lot of money saved. We tried to save all summer or all winter, but we didn't save a lot of money. But anyway, um, so we said, obviously, if we didn't have a job or somewhere to live after the two weeks, that we would we would get the return flight and just come home. Uh, and a lot of our old friends or people from where we used to come from were all kind of, you know, begrudging and, oh, you're, you're going to be back in two weeks. You're not going to make it. Like, you know, kind of hoping, wishing for us to fail almost. And us being very stubborn, we're like, no matter what happens, like, we are not coming home. Like, this has got to work. So we went over, spent all the money, like, in the first week or something like that. Didn't have very much money left. Didn't have a job or anywhere to stay. And uh, just as we were kind of coming around to the conclusion that we might have to go back with our tail between our legs. um, We were living, we were staying in San Antonio at the time. Because that's really the only part of the island that we had we had experienced so far, apart from going over to space, but we didn't really know the island very well. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know the club in San Antonio, Eden? Of course. Yeah, of course. If you've been there, you know. Anyway, there was, and I wouldn't mind, but ever since this happened like, to me, I've never heard of anything since that, like so, something similar to that happened since then. I don't know why it's super random, but anyway... There was a really cringy competition on. I guess it was like it was like the very beginning of the season. It was probably just to get people in the door before all the real parties started. There was a really embarrassing like um, Miss Eden competition, right? 
And this was first... what I was thinking. This is what. No, 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 no. It's it's not the way not the way I expected to get into anything, you know. But um, the first prize of to be Miss Eden, which I don't know what that actually means, but anyway, uh, was two thousand euro. And I think the second prize was like five hundred and what so on, you know. Yeah. Um, so me and my best friend, we had no barely any money left. We didn't have anywhere to stay. We were refusing to go home, you know. And uh, my best friend, her name is Jen. She was just like, please just enter. Like, you know, because maybe you'll win. Like, and then we'll have money and we won't have to go home and we can stay. Like, kind of take it for the team kind of thing. And I was like, oh, God, like a proper, like, beauty contest. But San Antonio styles, like, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Like, just, just out of pure stubbornness to not go home, you know. So I entered and it was exactly how it sounds. You know, they had like the bikini round and like, uh, yeah. You, to do, you like, had to do all of that? Yeah, like it, it was proper like a, an attempt at being like a beauty contest, like American style, but in, in Eden, you know, really random. That's what I mean. I've never heard of anything like that happening there since then. I don't, really strange. But anyway, I entered and I uh, didn't win. <laughs> didn't get 2,000 euro. But um, the, the night of the competition, um, I, think, I, think, I think it turned out it ended up being a fix. Like, it was all just a fix. Like, they, they already had the winner who was going to win, and that girl wasn't even going to get the money. It was just a publicity thing. Um, but the, the manager of the club at the time, um, because I think, I think there was, like, a round where we all had to kind of dance, which was really, like, because I was, I was a dancer for years. Like, growing up, I don't dance, like, as a child. Yeah. But I didn't go with Tweed Visa with the attention of, like, working as a dancer. I just wanted to go and work there and just, like, live my best yeah. life, you know? Yeah. Um, so because of the competition on the night of the competition when it was all over and they kind of had a party in Eden after, the manager approached me and offered me a job as a podium dancer in Eden, like, starting the following night. Um, wow. And that it was, it was, like, a cash at the end of every night and I would be able to work six or seven nights a week if I, if I, if I chose. Uh, and it was like, I think the pay was like 75 euro a night, which at the time uh, was a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we ended up, like I obviously took the job because I was able to start work like the next day. And then the next day also we found uh, an apartment in San Antonio that would allow us pay just weekly instead of the way it is now where you have to have like six months rent up front and oh, big yeah, deposits. We had to pay, I think, one week's rent and one week's deposit, which was 150 euro, which is insane because, like, that's just unheard of now. Yeah. Uh, so can you imagine, like, my one night work in, in Eden was my home, like, a uh, month's rent. Oh, my A week's God. rent, sorry, my whole week's rent. So um, that's kind of how I started. I, I danced in Eden for that whole summer. Um, and it was only, I was the only kind of uh, Irish girl there or English girl, all the, all the other dancers. But there was one English girl, sorry, there who was had been there for a long time, but they were all Spanish, and I had no Spanish at the time. Um, but yeah, I just got, I guess I got lucky, you know? And, and then what happened after? Did you, so after the season, that first season you worked at Eden, and then you, you went back to Dublin? Yeah. And what did you do when you were back in Dublin? What did I do? I went back that I went back that winter and I worked in the bank. I got a job um, in in one of the Irish banks as a bank teller, which I absolutely despised. 
But I knew I was going. I was so determined to get back to my visa that I would have done absolutely anything, or would have cleaned toilets to to get the money to save to go back. You know, so I I hated the job, but I mean I I interviewed the job for the job as if it was a permanent job, but obviously knowing that I was only going to stay there until until April or May the following year. You know, and then you went back the next year, and did you go back to Eden or? Oh. I went back to Eden. I was I was in Eden for like I maybe two or three years, but like the first year I was there kind of exclusively, and then the second year I I started to get to know people, and then obviously S Paradise was was right across the road, uh, and I started doing like promo things for them, and then I started doing bits for them, and then I kind of just started like yeah having a bit more freedom, and I had more choices, you know, because people were were offering me more work. So uh, I was I was doing a couple of different gigs and yeah, it kind of just it went it went from there really. So how does it kind of work? You work you don't work for the clubs, you work for the parties, or do you work for the club? It depends. Like you can you can do either, or you can, you can do either or. Like so, some people are contracted to the club and they will just work there all summer, which is obviously what I did the first summer. But I wasn't contracted because at the time. At the time then, contracts weren't a thing. It was, everything was cash in hand, whereas, you know, now everything, every worker has to have an NIE number and they do contracts and everything's a lot more official now. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it, there was nothing, no real paperwork, you know. Um, so, yeah, there is dancers that will stay in clubs that are contracted to, to one place, which, yeah, let's say I was contracted to Eden without a contract. I was, I was like a regular dancer yeah. there. Um, but then the more, the more I kind of made contacts and got to know people and yeah, made connections, I, I had the luxury, let's say, of being able to choose different, different jobs, you know? Um, and I, I just preferred the, the variety of working in different places because obviously it can be really monotonous going back to the same club, like seeing the same resident DJs, hearing the same sets every night and, you know? Obviously, for our holiday makers, they think it's amazing every night because it's something new. But when you're there every night all summer, it gets a bit... Yeah, yeah same, samey, samey. So you said yeah. at the beginning that you had danced when you were younger. I'm guessing yeah. like, dance, like going to dance classes and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So what kind of dancing did you do when you were younger? Uh, I, I think my mom put me into dance school from when I was about four. I was really young. And it was, I actually started my dance school with the girl that I, my best friend that I went to Ibiza with. Like we've been friends for that oh, long. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, so it was, it was tap and jazz that I started off with. Oh, jazz hands and <laughs> like, yeah, just like a little performance school. Um, and then I ended up kind of. It was from when I was about four until I was about 16 and I tried lots of different styles of dance. I, I kind of, yeah, experimented. I done ballroom, I done hip hop, I done contemporary. Uh, I tried ballet, but like, I, was, I was too late to, to start with ballet to just start really young, you know? Uh, and it's too, it's too way too disciplined for me. It's not really my, my <laughs> Um But uh, yeah, I ended up, when I was about 15, 16, I ended up getting into like really kind of competitive dance. You know, I was doing a lot of competitions, like all Ireland competitions. I was in like a very uh, well-renowned, well-respected dance school. Um, But of course, when you're 15 and 16, all you want to do is be with your friends and you start drinking and hanging on street corners. And there was too much commitment. I had to be like going to school in the day and then go to rehearsals every evening. And I just, at that age, I didn't realize 
I had a good thing going and I, I chose my friends and partying and being a teenager instead, you know. But luckily I found it again years later, so. But obviously, like, the type of dancing that you have to do at, um, at a club or an event is different to what you would have done at school when you're younger and jazz and tap. Yeah, so very different. Was there, like, did you have to kind of learn how to do this new style of dancing or was it just something that just came naturally to you um do you know what it's not something I, I ever knew that I could do like I just feel like there's so many different type of performers and dancers you know some like people that will go to university and study study dance like they will only be able to dance to choreography or to things that are they're they're taught in, in, a, in a studio you know then there's other dancers that can freestyle and they can just come up with something on the spot actually you know um and yeah to be honest I didn't really know that I wasn't something that I was aware that I could do until I started doing it because obviously I only did it because I needed the money at the time and then I like to, I was a lot more because I was only just turned 18 then as well and I was a lot more shy as a person and not as confident you know and I just I discovered very quickly that when I started dancing like that on a podium without in this school setting or wasn't like tap or jazz or any of this kind of like formal more, let's yeah. say, ladylike <laughs> dancing, you know, uh, I just discovered that it gave me a little bit of a kind of an alter ego and it gave me confidence that I couldn't really have in real life, you know. I was a lot more confident than I still am just when I'm performing. It's yeah. just, yeah, you can just be a different person and you can... I don't know, portray this confidence that maybe you don't necessarily have. Uh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. So what happens, right, so, because I think about this a lot, obviously, like, working at, <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, so <laughs> working at, um, like, at nightclubs and stuff, and I obviously always see all the dancers and performers. So what is, like, a n normal, typical night for you? How does it start? You get to the club, you or the venue or where you have to dance and then what happens next um just normal night yeah so you get to the club you usually get there before everything is open uh you get there depending on where you're dancing what kind of like show or night it is like the level of production because obviously some nights they just don't have much uh let's say budget for costumes or hair or makeup artists and things like that and you just do it all yourself yeah. other nights will be all about production and they will have stylists and hairstylists and all these crazy costumes that take ages to put on and straps and all these like corsets and stuff but just an average night yeah you arrive you have kind of chit chat between the staff and then the whoever's in charge like the dance manager will make the, the rota for the night the schedule and um yeah you just you like it depends on who, who's in charge as well you know because so some bosses that are in charge of dancers are very strict and they want you in the changing room all night. So like between your sets, they want you to come straight back so that they know where you are at all times. And you pretty much just have to sit there and like you usually get a drinks ticket with one or two, so you can have one or two drinks, you know. Um, and you just have to sit inside until your next set comes on, yeah. you know. Whereas if it's some, depending on yeah, the manager's style, you can kind of go out and see your friends if they're in the club that night or you can just go out and socialise or 
some some venues like you to go into the VIP or into the DJ booth to be seen in costume because it looks good visually to the crowd, you know, to have the dancers yeah. there as kind of part of an image and, a, yeah, how they see it, you know. So, yeah, it really just depends on the night, on the venue and obviously on the manager as well. Obviously, like, especially here in Ibiza, I know, I know, like, for you, for example, there's some nights where or weeks that you could be working every single night of the week at different venues, different parties. So how f- hard did you s- do you find it trying to like stay healthy and feel fresh, fresh for the, fresh. Fresh. <laughs> fresh for the next inside day? Joke. <laughs> yeah, inside joke, sorry, buddy. How do you, yeah, how do you find that? What, is it difficult or do you just kind of get into a routine and it's just kind of like your day-to-day in the end? Um, yeah, it's kind of just getting into a routine and it's like it's no different to getting up and then you're nine to five, you know, you you go to sleep at a certain time at night and you get up at a certain time in the morning and go to work. It's the same in reverse, you yeah. know. I wouldn't say I was very healthy over the years, you know. To be honest, I don't know if I would be able to keep up the same pace as I, as I did back then, you know, like I definitely would have to be more mindful of my health and my diet and stuff. Whereas back then, yeah, I'm aging myself by saying back then, but you know, like, um, back then, back in the day, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it was just, yeah, I wasn't that healthy to be honest, but it's, uh, I think the most, the more kind of, thing that I had to be more mindful more than obviously like your diet and your health is really important but like in that kind of line of work what's really toxic is the environment more than more than that for me in terms of like the the competition between girls going to castings like egos and bitchiness and like for me it was just a constant thing of trying to stay away from that and like trying to be neutral with everybody and like get along with people and not get into this yeah, ego thing with other girls because girls can be competitive you know and obviously the industry itself is it's like it's an it was an amazing job for me and like it's my my passion and it always will be but it's so competitive and it's very it's super shallow as well so like when you go to castings like all the girls are looking giving each other looks and now this competition side kicks in and it's like for me, it was always really important to overcome that and just to stay very level-headed as in not to get involved in this ego side of it. I'm just like, yeah, not to get, let it get to your head. What have been some of your favourite events? And it's probably a really hard question because I know that you have performed in so many different places. But if you had to choose some of your favourite events or clubs to dance at, what do you think they would be? Hard question. Um, I, I, I mean, first kind of thought into my head was, was Manumation, for sure. Like, Manumation was and always will be iconic to me. Um, I got a gig as one of the Manumation girls. If you were around at the time, like, you would know what that kind of meant. It was really kind of a, in, in the dancer's world, it was like the top of the top of gigs that you can get, you know, you can book. Um and for me at the time to get that job when I was really new in the scene, the fact that I got like, because the casting, the casting uh, for my mission was really hard at the time. There was no, there was nothing else kind of like it. Like castings used to be just, yeah, you'd go there, you'd do your little dance and that was it, where it was a lot more kind of rigorous for my mission because they had, all their shows were choreographed and they had this kind of, uh, 
this really well-respected uh, choreographer that was from X Factor was doing the shows that year and like you had to go and learn choreography in two minutes and repeat it on on stage and then you get picked and it was very yeah it was it was very like it, it was it was hard to get to get in so dancing dancing for manumission was probably like one of my my highlights because it was it was kind of like for me it was like the most it felt the most professional even though manumission was nuts like the parties were insane and crazy and it didn't look that professional at all times but the preparation that went into the shows was was just next level, you know? Like, we used to have to go to um, rehearsals in a gym in Ibiza town for, like, eight weeks every day before the show started. Really? Yeah, and rehearsed for, like, six hours wow. a day. Wow. Yeah, and I, I really liked that kind of level of professionalism, you know? How long were you at Manumission for? Uh, three years. Wow. It was, like, the last three years. So I, I was there, like, the year that it all stopped which was on my birthday, actually. Your, well, our birthday nearly. Oh, yeah, our birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And, okay, so what about DJs? Are there any... Sur Did you put your drink down? Okay. Sorry. Sorry, really loud. <laughs> my ears are about to burst. Oh, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what about DJs? Have there, are there any certain DJs that you prefer to dance to? I was I putting you on the spot? <laughs> yeah. The, the only one that I will always have the same answer for and I'll always stand by and it will never change is Carl Cox. Yeah. I thought you were Like, there's other ones that I that I can get into, but, like, uh, I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, because it's everyone's personal taste, isn't it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think Carl Cox, I can safely say, like, because, you know, obviously I danced for him for years and he kind of brings something i think he's the he's the one like party like party his party that i worked for that i always really felt like appreciated the 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 importance of the dancers as in like kind of contributing to the party you know yeah just he i always felt like very very i don't know valued there and was always really well reciprocated by the crowd and like his energy you know i mean everybody knows just like so much happiness when he's playing and just good vibes and just uh, it bounces off everybody else you know yeah it must be such an amazing feeling like because that especially a crowd like a space with carl cox playing was just like the best crowd ever like when he comes on it's just like nobody else you know like and like i've danced for most of the djs in the industry you know uh in all kinds of settings and like small parties, villa parties, festivals, but like when he comes on in space, obviously like that's like his house, you know? Yeah. And just the response that he gets is just like nothing that is anyone else gets anywhere else. You know, it's yeah. like people are like rejoicing when he comes on. They're so happy. You know, and it's not just because they're super fans, they just love him, you know? Yeah. I I think it starts from him though, because he's just such a happy person. Just yeah. like that happiness that he I gets never off. see like people respond to a DJ the way they respond to him. They're just so happy like when he's there. It's not like like yeah. a super fan like of the music. It's just a super fan of yeah. uh, everything about him, you know? That's really interesting what you just said actually, because I've never thought of it this way before. But because you're like at a different so obviously when you're at a club and you're, you're dancing and you're at a different level and, and like the crowd are here, you probably see so much more that 
other people probably would never see before. Like yeah. how the crowd responds to the DJ or what their reactions are that people not, most people wouldn't normally see because you're all kind of just on the dance floor. But you yeah, probably yeah, see yeah, so yeah. much from up there. Well, that's what I mean with, with the Carl Cox thing. Like the way, the way people smile when it comes on and like the excitement that I see in people's faces and they, they make the banners and they have little flags and things that they made, took time to make just for when he comes on. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's more like a concert than, than a gig, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. How hard is it to dance if you're not really feeling the music? Uh, it depends on your mood. I, I kind of like it in a way. Like, I kind of like that challenge because to me, that's like a real test to yeah. see what you can do. Like, just as in, like, in your in your own head, you know? Like, that is, to me, that's that's like a, if you're going to do your job well or not. If you can pull that off and make it look like you're enjoying it when you're not. Yeah. You know, because nobody wants to watch a dancer go and, like, look so bored and, like, you can clearly tell they don't like that music. Like, that's not your job, is to have taste about the music. Your job is to, like, entertain the crowd and get them hyped up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you see it, like, a bit more of as, as a challenge rather than... Yeah, yeah. Like, drum and bass used to always be a real challenge for me. Not not because I don't like drum and bass, but, it, like, it's just, you know, it's just so fast-paced. It's just really hard to, like, get a rhythm or, like, I hit a beat. I've never been able to dance to drum and bass. I'm just trying think to... Think about it, yeah. I can't dance anyway, but... It's all over the place, you know? It's just like... <laughs> that's, oh, you know what? That's how I got my job at Carl Cox. is because I was dancing for this party in Eden that was a drum and bass party. Yeah. And uh, Dave, the guy who runs Carl Cox, um, seen me dancing to drum and bass, and he was like, oh my God, like, if you can dance to drum and bass, you can dance to anything. Like, and offered yeah. me to come and dance to Carl Cox. Ah. thanks to my yeah, drum and bass wiggling thanks, <laughs> got drum and bass that's how you got to is that how it normally works then do people just kind of see you at different events and parties and then approach you or do I don't you... know to be honest I don't know I can only speak on my own experience you know yeah. like I don't know um, I've always been really fortunate with that kind of like just good timing thing like with with Carl Cox and then at Carl Cox same thing happened to me with the, one of the owners from Ultra Festival um, seeing me dancing and then he offered me to come and dance and, at Ultra and go and travel with them. So it's always been really fortunate for me with the timing of things, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't say that's how it works. That's just, it's worked like that for me a couple of times, but not always, you know? Is it different dancing at a club than it is at a festival? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Because in, in a festival you feel like, so, so insignificant you know like because the crowd is obviously like 10 times bigger than it is in most clubs you know but it's also like really amazingly overwhelming as well like I, I remember imagine. dancing in Buenos Aires for Ultra and uh, it was one of my favorite gigs actually um and same thing I remember he was playing it wasn't my kind of favorite kind of style of music uh it wasn't my thing at all you know but again not my job to have an opinion on the music um, but there was a there was a storm like a couple of miles away from where the festival was. There was all this like thunder and lightning in the distance, and it was just like seeing this sea of people, and like there was just like so many people, and like I just felt like a tiny ant on stage, you know. And then having just all the visuals of the lightning and the thunder was just like wow, amazing, so amazing. Oh, that sounds incredible. 
God, I bet you have so many different stories because you've you have performed in so many different countries and festivals, haven't you? Yeah, like to be fair, I've I've done. I feel like I've done really well in my line of work, yeah. you know, because obviously, if you come from like a university or like yeah, you've studied dance or have your degree, you usually go and tour with a musician or an artist, and you kind of yeah, you do those kind of choreographed yeah. shows that you tour with. Um, but for like yeah, podium dancers or go-go dancers, whatever you want to call us, um, that usually doesn't happen. You know, you usually got to work in a club and that's it. But I was really, really fortunate that yeah, I went on tour with Ultra, I went on tour with Richie Houghton, and I got to travel a lot. You know, so I kind of for me, I feel like I got the most out of what I could get out of it. You know, uh, yeah, you've had an amazing career. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about costumes. Okay. Have there, because obviously, well, I don't know how it works. You'll you'll tell me now. But I understand that it's like the event or the club that provides the costumes for the night. But have you had favorite costumes, and have you had costumes that you haven't liked as much or have been quite hard to dance in? Because sometimes I I look at dancers and I'm like, God, it must be so hard to wear that and be able to move how you're yeah. moving. Like it's amazing. It depends. Again, like it's it's changed so much over the years. Like when I when I started in Eden, for example, like you kind of had to bring your own. Like the, the the boss would say, okay, so tomorrow like is red, or tomorrow is black, or purple. Oh, right. I have to just bring bits. So like you would have to just yeah match colors. So I was really kind of basic, you know. And there wasn't that much emphasis put on on production or, or yeah costumes or hair and makeup. And then over the years, it just got so. Yeah, just taken really, really seriously. More so even than the dancers. Like the dancers could be like they're more like ornaments, you know, with fancy costumes, you know. So like there was a lot of money put into production over the years, you know, with certain parties. Um, but yeah, it depends on the party. Like I've danced in some costumes that are just like impossible to dance to, but usually. Usually the parties that have these kind of extremely like over the top like headpieces and corsets and all kinds of bits and bobs like strapped onto you are the kind of parties where they don't really want let's say like dancers that are going to dance they they just want uh yeah moving ornaments you know you have these things on you and you just kind of like really slowly move and it's just more of a decoration you know so but then when yeah you're working for a party that wants dancers, the costumes are usually a lot more simple that you can actually move and dance in them because you can't expect to have both. Sometimes I'm just like, God, I could never, never, ever be able to wear that and move. Like, let alone sometimes I have heels on that are like this big and I'm stuck. Yeah, I remember having this costume on. It was in Amnesia years ago and they basically had like a, it was like a, a sheep's like skull like strapped to my head with like all these antlers and it was oh like yeah, it was a sheep's head on top of my head right but uh with like uh, elastic bands and all this stuff and the shoes were like oh, I don't even know like they're just like towers you know and then the podiums were tiny as well and just it was just like a balancing act the whole time and the corset is so restrictive that you can't move your hips you can't get your balance right and it's just like that's crazy on the outside it looks glamorous but on the inside you're just dying oh, of panic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god that must be so hard so this kind of goes into my next question which 
I don't know if this would would have been one of your answers, but what is like the most challenging part of being a dancer? Oh, um... well, you spoke about before about the competition. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to. I, that's that was my first top. I didn't want to repeat it again, but that really was. I wouldn't say it was challenging because it's not that challenging for me because it's just really important to me. Because I mean, I've never been the kind of person that's that gets involved in bitchy fucking go. Sorry, should I swear? You can swear. <laughs> I'm Irish, I swear. Um, just staying out of drama and bitchiness and cattiness and jealousy and staying neutral, you know, and yeah, trying to not, because obviously it's only natural as well to find yourself in those environments, comparing yourself to other girls as well. Like, even though you think you don't, but you do kind of find yourself because that's the environment that you're put in as well. And yeah. you're going through castings and you're competing for the same job. You find yourself comparing yourself to other girls. And it's just like, it's, it's just such a pointless thing to do as well, because at the end of the day, if you're casting for one job and they want a girl that has short blonde hair and I've got long brown hair, I'm never going to get the job anyway. So there's no yeah. point in me going down that road of, yeah, like, why does she have this and I don't have that, you know? Like, so yeah. I guess just trying to stay level-headed and not get a, not let it get to your self-confidence, you know? Because I've seen girls, like, I've, I've hired girls myself over the years and they will be in the changing rooms and they'll be looking at the mirrors and they'll be like, picking out a bit of fat or say like, oh, I've got this spar, I've got this. And I'm like, why would you think that? You wouldn't be here in the first place. Like, you know, but because of the environment, they find themselves nitpicking because they're comparing themselves to each other. And it's just a, it's a really toxic thing to do, you know? Was it like that when you started as well? Or do you think it's kind of got a bit worse over the years? I think it's got, it's got worse. It's got, it's definitely got worse because it's more... I don't know. I just think, I do think it's worse than it than it used to be. Maybe I just think there's like more events and there's more competition now. There's more events. There's more competition. Yeah, because yeah, there's more casting and there's just I think the status of being a dancer in Ibiza kind of got a bit of more of a thing over the years. You know, it was just more of a status thing. There was a lot of girls that wanted to be dancers that maybe weren't necessarily passionate about it, but they wanted to be a dancer. You know, so uh, it got all a bit mixed up for a little while. You know. So you mentioned before about girls that you've hired in the past um, and because over, I don't know when you started also managing other girls and, you know, bringing dancers to, to different events, but how was that transition for you from being a dancer yourself to having to manage other girls at, at different events? Um, it's super weird for me because I always find it really weird that like, I mean, for years I was the manager of dancers, you know, and uh, I mean, it was a really quick transition. It was from my first uh, job managing was at Carl Cox. Mm -hmm. uh, the girl that was managing before me, her name is Chelsea. She she basically told me at the end of the summer that she was going to kind of refer me to, to take on her job the following year. Um, and because of my thing with, you know, not being competitive and not getting jealous and comparing and all that kind of stuff, I swore when I did start managing that I was only going to book girls that would be nice girls, not bitchy girls that would all get along and have fun and we could enjoy ourselves without being catty or anything like that, you know. Um, and like I always got a lot of good feedback from the girls that did dance with me, whether they were friends or not, um, that they kind of enjoyed working for me because, I mean... I, I'm obviously not a very bossy boss because I just I don't have it in my nature. 
but I always had a lot of respect as a boss as well, you know, so kind of having a happy balance of, yeah, yeah having authority, but not having been walked all over either, you know. But I mean, obviously over the years, there were people that did take advantage of me being too nice as a boss, but it's just all part of learning, I guess, you know, because it's not something that I knew. I just kind of learned as I went. And what advice would you give to any girls that would like to pursue a career like yours? Um, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's what I will say for advice because you never know when someone's going to be willing to take a chance on you. Like, for example, like my first gig in Eden, like I have no idea why they asked me to dance because I didn't fit in with the team. Everyone was Spanish. I couldn't even communicate with them. But somehow it worked out for me, you know? And you never know when an opportunity is going to be there, you know, so don't write anything off and just ask. That's great advice. And it's not even in just this industry, just like any industry nice. in general. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah, nice. Yeah. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was and being nice goes a long, bloody way. It does. Well, look how far you've got. And that's because, well, obviously you're amazingly talented and I absolutely love watching you perform, but you're just such a nice lovely honest person so <laughs> okay will you do a round of quick fire questions to end let's do it they're actually not really like quick but somebody said to me the other day they're like these aren't actually quick fire questions they're just random questions well, let's do it anyway disco stop all right disco go <laughs> good go okay your favourite hangover food? Pizza. If you hadn't been a dancer, what would you be? Oh, God, I have no idea. Thank God I was. I don't know. <laughs> Your favourite thing about dancing? Dancing. <laughs> there we go, dancing. <laughs> Plain and simple. What do you miss the most about Ireland? Uh, my friends. What do you miss the most about Ibiza? Dancing. What about me? Oh no! <laughs> Rewind! Oh, you're an Irish friend, are you not? <laughs> Why are you born in Dublin? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I thought we grew up together, no? <laughs> Something that is always in your fridge. Chocolate. A guilty pleasure. Chocolate. <laughs> um, guilty pleasure. Really cheesy disco music. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, though. I don't think that's a real guilty pleasure. No, sometimes it feels like it is if you play it at a party and people are like, ooh. Yeah, they're like, why are you playing that? But you're absolutely yeah. loving it inside. Exactly. Everybody loves it on the inside. Like going out and play Sean Paul at your house. <laughs> Sean Paul, perfect example. That's our guilty pleasure. That is sure. our guilty pleasure. Sure, good Sean Paul track. Your favourite city to visit? Uh, Tokyo. When you are dancing and you have like a, a heavy schedule, what does your morning routine look like? I'm not a morning person, so it looks very slow. <laughs> um, I don't really have a routine, to be honest. And I haven't had a busy schedule in a long time. <laughs> get up and go. Yeah, I just get up and go. Yeah, I don't really have a routine, to be honest. And finally, because my podcast is called Can You Put Me On Guest List, 
Do you have a guest list rule? If the email starts with, hey, Michelle, it's been a while. It's a no. Back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't talked to you in ages, dot, dot, dot. No. <laughs> we, all, we all know what that email means. It's just like, no. <laughs> You're not the first person that's answered the question with that answer, so. Oh, really? Yeah, that's definitely, definitely a rule. My love, yeah, this is It's been... a little written rule that everyone should know, for sure. I know. I've had some good rules, to be honest with you. I've asked everybody that I've interviewed on this podcast that same question, and there's, some, there's been some good ones out there. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to write a book with all of the guest list rules for people so that they know. This yeah, people is... should know. It should be this... COVID knowledge, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you, we finally did it. I know, we made it happen. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs>